You don't want to miss today's podcast, part two, with my special friend, Frank Seamster, as we talk about what's the number one ingredient to give you success. You were made for more than the status quo. I'm Pastor Steve Gray, and this is the More Faith, More Life podcast. This podcast is for Christians with an ambitious heart who want to be more for their family, do more with their career, and see more of God's promises in their life. I've spent many years as a worship artist, minister, nonprofit leader, bold truth speaker, and most importantly, father and spouse. When I was in my early 40s, I was craving more, more from God and more from life. I'd done everything I was supposed to do. My life was good, but it wasn't good enough. So I spent the following years diving into the Word of God and searching for the biblical principles that would bring me closer to God and help my purpose and life flourish. That's what I want to share with you. In every episode, you'll get practical tools based on real-life experiences that you can put into action to redefine your faith and, ultimately, your life. So, if you're ready to do more, subscribe to More Faith, More Life, and hear an unfiltered biblical truth every week. It's time to be and experience more. If you've gotten my book, My Absurd Religion, by which I make my living, you need to get it. It's going to help you understand a whole lot of things about the world and what's happening today, especially in the church world. Go to the website, More Faith, More Life, and download the ebook with the study guide. Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Faith, More Life. I have my guest, Frank Seamster, with me again. This is our second podcast together. The last one you want to get because we backed up to some of the things in his life that God did with him, for him, to him, through him, to get him into the place where he wanted to go in the ministry. And that doesn't mean he wanted to his whole life. I never even thought about it in mine much. I never thought about going in the ministry. Other than, uh, you know, Frank, when I was uh, six, is the first time I said I've been called to preach at six years old, but I never said it again. I was at the altar in a Nazarene church. And I said, I've been called there. I was crying my eyes out. I've been called to preach. But then I never mentioned it, and nobody else did either. I think maybe if I had had somebody nurture me, I could have got more training. So then I've gone through all kinds of worldly stuff and played in bars and all that kind of stuff. But when I'm 23, then I get touched by God again. I give my life to Jesus. And without even thinking, out of my mouth came the words, I've been called to preach. And then I went... That's the first time I've said it since I was six years old. The seed was planted. Yeah. And so you never know. People listening right now, we talk about more faith. He's he's our guest and I'm talking. But, but, you know, you've got a seed in you. I don't know anybody that isn't called by God. Everybody's being called Mm -hmm. right now. God's calling your name, every single one of you. Uh, Maybe different things, different timing, different talents. But... uh, I've had young guys come up and gals and say, you know, pray for me. I got a calling on my life and I disappoint him by saying, who doesn't? Yeah. I don't know anybody that's not getting called by God. Right. So anyway, we want to help you get your life on track. We want to help you decide that serving God is the right decision. You know, you may have seen religious people that disappointed you or you don't want to be weird or you want to lose fun. It's the right decision to keep you safe keep your relationship safe. Uh, if you're going to have children or have children, it keeps them safe. Uh, it's just the right way to go. You don't want to go through life without a connection to God, whether on any level, health, finances, relationships, all those things. And so we're to encourage you 
just in the decisions that we made, you don't have to make the exact same decisions, but make a decision to serve the Lord and get involved with the kingdom of God. So anyway, we talked a little bit last time about your background in the military. You got, you you were smart. He's in the military, the Vietnam Wars, uh, going on and God puts him in a singing group. <laughs> We're going to be rough, huh? Really but rough. I can't say anything because uh, <laughs> I, I was, uh, what was, what's the letter? One, what's the one, a, one, a, one, a, I was one, a ready to be drafted yeah. at the war too. Yeah. And, uh, back then they had the lottery. If I don't know if you did, but they draw a number and, uh, you know, every County had to fill that number if it, our County, I didn't know at the time, but my number was like 112, I think. Oh. And so I thought 112, my birthday was pulled 112th. So I thought 112. Okay, so they got to get 112 guys and get to me. But I said, that's not that many though, is it? 100. <laughs> and uh, so I was, remember I was painting a room with my brother, my mother's living room. My brother didn't like to paint. And I remember he's not painting much. And I'm saying, get to painting. And, but then you could tune in the radio and they'd read number one. And they'd read off somebody's birthday, number two. And they're going to go through 365 because wow. that's how many days. And finally, they, they called mine at 112. It's my birthday in May. Okay, maybe I'm all right, maybe not. But I'm 1A, I'm going. If they, I mean, I'm going right to war, you know. Well, I had one thing, too. You may have gone the singing quartet, but I cheated a little bit, too. I was in reserve officers training, too, to help put me through college. But I did the same thing. I joined the band. Oh, right. So, uh, you know, all I did was march. <laughs> but anyway, the miracle of it was then we went through, and then suddenly I, uh, I, I got a letter. I th- no, I'm backwards. I was 113. That's what it was. And I got a letter that said, we fulfilled Pettis County's quota at 112. Wow. And that's all. So you don't, now they put me into one, uh, F3 or whatever. I don't know what. Yeah. I can't remember anymore. So I went to another level, but I only played in the band in the ROTC anyway. But I didn't get drafted. But anyway, we talked about that and, and how that, that route, your dad is a pastor. Right. You got to know that got in there. And we yeah. laughed a little bit. That doesn't necessarily mean you want to be one. Because <laughs> exactly you see right. a different side of the church in life. <laughs> and the quartet and then God meeting you. Uh, when you were in business right and uh, that was it for you and then the journey begins and so there could be people listening right now that's the way it is but we have other people they're they're never going to go in the full-time ministry you did I did Uh, we love people that do but we love people that serve God and can somehow incorporate God into their job family children they get up every day and go to work all that kind of stuff so I wanted to start on that level this time in our second podcast together of you went to the full-time ministry because you had this desire for God. Right. But even if you hadn't have done that in the ministry, you still had a desire for God. Still had a desire. And how, how do you think that affected the decisions outside of ministry? You know, a dad, a marriage, you, had, you know, you got to be a dad. You still right. got to be uh, married. You got to be a husband right. and while doing the ministry. So let's talk about that side a little bit. What, what do you advise or ideas financially, home, business? Yeah. Well, you know, it, uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's amazing how God will take. It's the same way we like, you know, I've been blessed with a wonderful wife, like you have been blessed mm-hmm. with a wonderful mm-hmm. wife, Kathy. 
and you you have these kids and all these grandkids now you know yeah, right. and you're it's a different role than yeah. it's, but it's still it's still ministry yeah everything yeah good is, point that's every, a very good point everything it's all ministry. is everything is all about ministry it is still ministry whether you're in the pulpit or not right. hey listen the greatest ministry is not in the pulpit yeah. <laughs> Paul, listen, to, listen to us guys we know this <laughs> paul called it the the foolishness of preaching yeah right <laughs> you know so so the the, the greatest and i say this i i say this from the that is that is not the greatest ministry a lot of times where i feel the best at where i feel i'm i am i am being most used at is outside of the pulpit. Mm. You know, when i run across someone yesterday <laughs> yesterday i was i was out jogging and walking a little bit and this guy came by in his pickup and I, I i knew the guy i hadn't talked to him before but i knew he was in the early stages of dementia mm. and uh <clears throat> so anyway he stopped and he rolled his window down and i said to him i said danny i said hey i just want you to know i'm praying for you i'm praying for god and I, you know it I, I tell you when and i finished i prayed with him and it was like when he pulled off and I, I started walking, it was like, it was like even feeling more better than if I would have preached my best message yeah, right. in the pulpit because I'm touching him. Yeah, right. I'm touching his life. And that, that really is the greatest ministry of, of, of all is uh, your ministry to your family, whether it's your children, whether it's to your wife. Uh, and, and it's amazing how, how God will just open that door every day for you in some way, shape, or form to touch somebody. One of the neat little things I found out, even at the grocery store, you know, you're going through the grocery store, going through the line, and someone says, well, hey, how are you doing? Man, what an awesome opportunity it is to minister. Yeah, right. If you don't do anything but say, oh, I'm doing great because this is the day that the Lord has made. Yeah, right. You know? And, and, and so... I, I just encourage you, you know, like you don't have to be behind the pulpit, but wherever you're at with your family, you, you husbands, uh, you wives, uh, you, you minister to one another, you minister to your children, uh, that, 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 be that example that God has called you to be. That is real ministry. I, I, I consider that more important than I do in the pulpit. Yeah. And you know, uh, I do too. Yeah. And you've known me for i don't know how many years now so you've watched us from 1985 when, yeah when we started a church started ministry got our family going you know my kids now my grandkids and <laughs> you know all, my whole family and i don't think i try to tell people this and you can testify too we're going to be with them after we get done with this we're going to be with my whole family again go be together with frank and naftali and enjoy time together but when you see them not everybody gets to have the closeness you can tell these kids we're church kids they're yeah. preachers kids they, i've never had to drag them to church but the the love and uh, <laughs> caught me for a second just <laughs> my eyes got a little watery for a second right but the love and loyalty and outreach that they have back towards me yeah. is beyond words and here i've been preaching to everybody else but i but i've always made sure that they, like you said, that they were my ministry, not just two, but first. Yeah. And uh, we, and it's paid off. I, I plead with people, keep God in the center. Right. Let him minister through you to your family or to wherever. 
and God will, will keep your family together and you'll get, you know, you'll get to have the blessings for years and years right. rather than when you and I were growing up. When you're 18, you leave home, right. you go to school, leave home, forget it. You know, you, and when we were growing up, our parents didn't know where we were anyway, <laughs> even as kids, I know. you'd leave and never come back until dinner time. <laughs> it's different now. And our, our kids need us and the kids need their grandparents. They need their parents more than ever. It's an, it's another world. You, you know, yeah, it, what do you see? About yeah, it that? is. I'm, you That's can your, say it maybe better than you, I can. You know, I, um, uh, when I, when I, when I, and I'm listening to you and I, I know it to be true because, you know, we, we feel so close to your kids and your grandkids, really, I know. You, you know, really, really. I mean, I'm looking at my adopted son-in-law sitting, yeah, over sitting there, right on the other side right of that on the camera side over there. And you had a part, you got to be a part of putting <laughs> him together by prophesying God's and I had my eye on him, but you got your eye on him first. Because I, I didn't have it, at first. not in the character, but just I didn't see it. Yeah. And you saw it first, and that's made all the difference. Now I got two two wonderful grandbabies and, you know, in, yeah. to hold on to in a little while because you saw that. And, and, and you know, uh, t- to me, that's your credentials. Mm. Some folk look at putting their credentials on their wall. Yeah. That, that That's my, you know, I, I, I've got my... my I've been ordained. I've got that all, you know, but th- that's just a piece of paper. These are your credentials. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, 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 is the, that is the proof of your ministry. Yeah. You know, that, that is the, that, that, that's, as I said, that, that's your credentials. When you look at your kids, you look at your grandkids. And uh, regardless uh, of, you, you know, and, and maybe yours, because, hey, we've been there. Maybe yours is not running after God like his are running after God right now. But I tell you what, you just keep that faith. You keep that faith and you keep speaking and you keep declaring and you'll be standing in church with them and all of a sudden their hands will go up and <laughs> yeah. they'll be worshiping God. They'll be magnifying God. Because if you plant that seed, if you plant that seed and that seed ever gets planted, and that's I can say that from my own experience, from our own son, who you are, his godfather. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> he often right. reminds me of that. Yeah, he, that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> he's 33 years old now. Yeah. He, he, he says, well, his uncle, still, he's still my godfather, right? Yeah, yeah I haven't disowned him. <laughs> but isn't it true then yeah. what you're saying too? Okay, so maybe he's not followed in your footsteps in ministry, but... Now that he's 33 years old, and I know this to be true because we had a little discussion about him on the phone not too, a week or so ago, but I find this to be true in mine also. If you stay with it and you plant those things in him, they get to be 30 years old and pretty well, even if they're not in the ministry like you are, you're hearing things out of their mouth <laughs> yeah. you said years ago, and they're, 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 they're evaluating their life based on exactly the same things that we did. They just don't do it. They don't preach in the pulpit, or they don't maybe serve like we do, but it starts coming out of them, right? It, it's, it's funny. It's funny. He kept, for the last two or three weeks, uh, when we would get together, he said, Dad, he said, listen, he said, why don't you just, why don't you let Mama stay home? And I'll go with you this summer. We'll kick off Kansas City, and I'll go with you. I said, son, I said, wait a minute. Mama preaches. Well, I can preach too. 
And there, there you go. I, I mean, know, there you, you go. and I know both, though. Some it's a little bit slower. Yeah. But we know what's in him. He's got a great heart. And that's, yeah. that's what it takes anyway, the great heart. Great, great heart. Great and he's got a great heart. And I know he does. I stood with him in church Sunday without any without yeah, yeah, anything, yeah. you know. And he's got his, oh, during the worship, he's got his hands that. raised. And he's worshiping God. And he's We even he's talked singing. about him coming here, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a little oh, he says, he says, well, his kind of regret is he didn't stay a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I can find him a job here. Yeah. You know. But <laughs> it's, you know, it, it, those are the rewarding things bigger than Amen. anything else, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you and I know we, especially you, you grew up in more religion and churchy and things. I didn't right. so much. I attended nominal churches more. Right. But, you know that I got after I went in the ministry, I had that attitude of when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing it'll be. And it, okay, I get it, but it insinuates a little bit. There's not that, it, it's a reminder like it's going to be good then, it's not so good now. And I think that those, some of those songs I think were written during the depression sure. and it wasn't so good. Right. But, but there's a, you can have a lot of rejoicing now. Amen. And I know religion will tell you when we all get to heaven, just yeah. get to heaven. If you were to die today, will you get to heaven? And I used to tell you, you probably heard me say it, that they'd come when I wasn't even a Christian. Yeah. And they'd say, you know, if you were to die today, do you know you'd have a home in heaven? And you know, I tricked them on that. And I'd say, listen, I don't plan on dying today. What if I don't die? What do you got for me? Yeah. And wow. nothing, really, nothing, because right. it was all future. It's all in the but future. But it's not, it's not, is it? No, it's in the present. It's in the you present. You can bring heaven to earth. That's the whole thing, yeah. <laughs> That's the good news anyway. God, yeah. God will come to these. God uh, comes down. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. You, can, you don't have to wait for heaven. You can experience it now because it, it's Jesus. And, and you, can, you, can, you can literally bring heaven down now by your by and have the joy and have the life and and have the blessings and have the goodness uh, I, I don't need all of that when i get there i yeah, need it now, need it now. <laughs> exactly and if people forget that and they think religion takes something away or yeah. you know maybe it does maybe mm -hmm. it's not bible based the bible it's so full of life and uh, yeah. if they can just get that and you know we there are battles that people are going through right now every day um, that seem hopeless. Once in a while, we we once in a while we don't win every battle, and in the ministry we want everybody to win, everybody be healthy, everybody to have plenty of money, right. and sometimes it just doesn't work out as hopeful as we want it to be. But I would say, and I, uh, maybe you would too, I would say most of the time it has. There's been a few circumstances that were just out of control marriages you just couldn't get you know just right. couldn't get them squared away right. but you know what if they follow and open their heart soften their heart most of the time it's going to be victory success um in life i'm not saying success in the, in the corporate world whatever but it could be there too yeah. most of the time i found that most people win but there's you know it is a battle that jesus said you know there's Tribulations tribulation. and troubles. Much tribulation. But yeah. and it's everywhere. Everywhere. And actually let's back up. Let's let's go there for a second, because I wanted to go there anyway. All right. So sometimes we look at what we see and we see trouble too. We right. see people struggling financially or struggling physically. They got a disease, they got a bad diagnosis. That happens. 
But what I see at least, and I think you do, in, in the way we work with people in the church world, in the gospel world, in the Jesus world, it's nothing compared to what's out in the world and the trouble that they're in as far as relationships, marriage, children. I, I don't even know where I'd start if I didn't have children that were were close to me. Right. Because they are so uh, indoctrinated way, way beyond, I think, our imagination of the way they think. Right. What do you, what do you see? I mean, what, what, what do we tell people? We're talking about life and faith and the greatness of God. Uh, but, you know, you could get a pessimistic, fearful attitude. And there's reasons, maybe. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. going on, you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and of course, that, that's, the, that's the work of the enemy. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he constantly, you know, it, it's... It, the, the, some, someone said, where's the battlefield? The, the battlefield is right between the mm-hmm. two ears. You know, he's, he's always going to come down that road to, 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 to get your mind to put negative thoughts in your mind to put negative things in your mind and you 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 have to become even as a believer you have to become skillful yeah you have to become skillful uh knowing how and 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 i have found he always comes the same way yeah he always comes the same way he doesn't yeah the the devil doesn't know any new tricks no uh-uh. but he's he, sure is good at his old ones he's good as it he's good as it he's good as it all as his old ones but you also and you have to recognize that mm-hmm. and you have to become skillful you know with your faith mm-hmm. <laughs> you're talking about faith alive you know yeah. make it it's that's really that's where it's at. Yeah, it, it's it's somewhat that's it's it's that life of faith, living that life of faith, regardless of what the circumstances are, regardless of what the situation is, or how it looks, what's going on in in our world, what's going on in our nation, what's going on in the economy. I'm telling you, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Right. You, you know that scripture, I was just thinking about it, that um, talks about uh, having our senses trained. That, that's a NIV one. I don't know what the King James, but anyway, having our, our, I think it is, maybe it is the King James version, I can't remember. But anyway, having our senses, which would be eyes, ears, and right. all that stuff, you know, mouth, what we hear, what we see, senses trained to know and discern the difference between good and evil. It's kind of the end of a scripture, so I'm getting kind of the end of that verse. Right, right. But think of that. Uh, if That's what we're trying to do. We're not just trying to be preachers, like we said, and get people to heaven. We're trying to talk to people about getting their senses trained. Because if you can know the difference between good and evil, right and wrong, and right. what's in the world, you can make say yes to that, no to that. That's not good. This is good. And you can keep it clean. You can keep it prosperous. You can keep it healthy. Uh, but so many people today, they, they're so untrained. They right. listen to everything. They fall for everything. Yeah. They're upset and angry at everybody. They don't even know who to be mad at, you right. know? That, 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 as you say, the senses are not trained. Mm-hmm. And, and there's another great verse, too, that kind of along that same line where it says, exercise thyself unto godliness. Yeah, actually, Godlike. Right. You know, just to, what someone says, what's godliness? Godlike. Just yeah. to be like God. Yeah. You know, and it says exercise, and 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 actually that that word comes from the word gymnasium. Yeah, you know yeah. that's where we get the word go to the gym. gym from. Go to the gym. And that gives you the picture right there. That time to go to the spiritual gym. <laughs> time to go and, to and the and gym. emotional sure. and spiritual. Yeah. yeah, and when I go to the gym, sometimes, especially you know, uh, 
uh, if, if I got something bulky on, I got something heavy on, you know, I'll take that sweatshirt off and just have just a little thin shirt on, you know, yeah. or take the sweat. You know, what? why? So I, I don't have my movement restricted so I can yeah. move. And same thing spiritually, you know, same thing spiritually. We have to, we have to make sure that, uh, that we exercise and that we don't allow anything to restrict our movement when it comes to the things of God. Yeah. I've been studying uh, over and over, actually, uh, the first chapter of Romans, which is powerful. And, yeah. and it's a little out there for some, the novice reader to just start and get grasp all that. But one of the things that I'm believing is that Paul is writing to the Romans and saying, this is simplicity, simple side. Uh, everybody knows God. Mm. Everybody knows about God. Right. Everybody knows it's right. Everybody knows. So basically saying we're without excuse. I've been stretching it by saying nobody can now say I didn't know or I don't know. So I, right. I tried to tell our church, take that out of your, take out. I don't know. Say, well, what, you know, I, I hear you're having marriage troubles. What do you think the problem is? I don't know. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you do know, right? You do know. And so no matter who's trying to influence them, like don't serve God, serve yourself, be selfish. You got to have some me time, all those kind of things. Everybody that's telling you that stuff knows God, right? They just don't know God because it says the, their selfish wickedness, which just, they don't care, right? Pushes down the truth. I'm paraphrasing, pushes down the truth that they know. So Everybody, you, everybody listening right, right there, right you now. know God and you yeah. know what's right and you can do this. Just don't listen to those people that have pushed it down so far that they don't even know there is a God anymore, maybe, or whatever. They've right. just pushed it down. And instead, uh, like cranking that jack-in-the-box, you know, bing, <laughs> let it spring up, oh well, right? Yeah. And, and the bottom line, the Romans chapter 1, they didn't glorify God. Yeah, exactly. That's part of that. They, 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 they could have, though. They could have. Oh, yeah, they could have glorified God, but they didn't. They didn't give God praise. You know, they didn't give God thanks. Uh, and they liked the created things mm -hmm. rather than the creator of mm -hmm. things. Yeah, and fail more how, in love with those and, things. And how easy is that, Frank, to just yeah. switch to loving the creator, not saying you can't have things. Right. You know, God, the Bible says he knows you need all these things. And this has none to do with not having things. It's loving the creator of things. Loving the creator. You know, that, that, that kind of goes back to that story over in the book of Chronicles that had to do when, uh, remember when the, the Philistines had taken the ark and had stole the ark. And anyway, it finally ended up in the house of Obed-Edom. Yeah, you remember right. that? And, 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 and all he did, all he did, it talks about the, the, the 90 days of blessings. Yeah. And all he did was open up his house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all he did was just open up his house. And this is interesting. This is something that I, that I didn't realize until just a few weeks ago. And I've preached this thing so many different We're times. We're still learning, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, <laughs> I am still learning. He, he, it says, Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The Gittite, yeah, which was from Gath, oh, which yeah. was the home of Goliath. Goliath, yeah, his bunch. Here's the most religious relic thing of all of Israel in the house of a Gentile. Yep, and that's <laughs> like what? Yeah, <laughs> and which, the blessings of God. Yeah, which if they don't understand exactly what we mean is the the Gentiles at that time were all pagans and not accepted. If you were Jewish, okay, right. 
And here, God bless somebody that's way out there. You way might, out. somebody listen, you, you could be, be out way there. out there. Yeah. Way out there. God will never choose you. I know my family and friends, I had them, they said, God will never choose you. But he did. That's and right. uh, he did. And uh, so we want that so much for you uh, to the point where we can, we can sound like salesmen almost because we just want it for you. <laughs> right. We want, we want to protect you or save your life. We want you to become a lifesaver too for your children and your family. It's the best life you can have. And it's a protected life. It's a prosperous life. So don't listen to all the voices that have shoved down God to where they're saying stuff that are just foolishness about God. We're telling you the truth. That great life, the life of faith and, and enjoyment, uh, the, the best life you can have is for you. Last time, uh, Frank, I mentioned, and I'm going to mention it again, it's just a small book. And by the way, I'm finishing a book and I want to write another one real quick. I'm so behind in it. But so I'm, I want you to get this one before the other ones come out. And the My Absurd Religion was a title that uh, maybe you don't realize. It was put in bookstores. I don't know if I ever told you the story. So it was put in all the bookstores that you know. Just name a bookstore, a Christian bookstore. And, uh, but they put it in there without reading it. And so the, the, they said, the preachers were coming in saying, what is this, this book in here? Because it says, my absurd religion by which I make my living. So I'm still doing it, but I'm exposing so much. They said, we don't know what to do. There's a riot. You know, I said, just send them back. I never wanted it in your bookstore anyway. So I took them all back, but I got you know, thrown out of the bookstore, so to speak. So you need to find out what, what would upset the insider so much that you need to know. My Absurd Religion, it's an ebook along with a study guide that you can get. Follow the directions that you get uh, on this screen and, and, and what you're hearing and what the announcers say. And get this book so you can graduate to another book. You just find out what I've been saying these years about what's going on in religion so you can figure it out. You won't be disappointed. You won't be surprised. Uh, and then you can move on to something greater that God has for you. So my absurd religion, which we still make our living. We're still at it. <laughs> well, so glad you could be here with us for more faith, more life. Frank, it's been great having you. We did Thank two you. podcasts. It was a lot of fun. I hope it's been right. helpful to the people. Until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>